0: All right. Welcome, everyone. Hello. This is This Week in Mormons, the sisters edition with your host, Ariane Smith. And Tiffany Hales. The Twim Sisters. Twim Sisters here
1: for October. Yay. (laughs) Okay. Well, why don't you start us off introduction-wise? Tell us what's going on in your life. This
0: is what is new and exciting with me is I have a new calling. Oh, do I I still have my primary calling. Okay. Because I know you love your primary I do love. I get to teach the little five, six... Four, five, and six year olds. Yes. Um, but I also just got called to be an assistant camp director oh, for girls camp. That is so cool. So excited. This is a calling I've never had. My kids have always been like little. I've been to girls' camp like before I had kids yes. as a young woman's leader. And I've been in Young Women's since I had kids, but never able to go to camp because okay. I had all these little kids to take care of. Um, and you're going to have two girls at camp, right? I am going to have my two oldest girls at camp. So, I mean, I still have my little kids. My husband will have to take yeah. some time off, but... Um, but yeah, I get to be at camp with my two oldest girls and I love girls' camp. I have like such a special place in my heart for girls' camp. Now, so, do you
1: guys know where you're going for girls camp? Are you going to a camp? Are you no, roughing it? What are you doing? That
0: is the dilemma under these new and uh convoluted guidelines <laughs> for reserving which camps. It's hilarious. Which you and I discussed we covered that we covered article that and there were like it's a whole line of succession as yes. to when you are allowed to reserve your camps. So, and no. I think if it's a ward, you you have to wait till like the first part yes. of November. November fifth is our day if okay. we want to go to our assigned campground, which I didn't even know we what, had what an is assigned. Your assigned campground. Pine Top is oh, our stakes assigned campground, okay. which we do not want to go to. <laughs> but then we have to wait till November twelfth is when it opens up that you For can go else. to any any church owned. Young women ward, ward young women camps have their pick at any church owned campsite. After so, then, so you you are seeing the policy in action. The we policy are. we discussed, we are you are seeing that in action, and we're stressed because we're like, do we take if if we if we hold out for like something else, and we wait till November twelfth, then do we lose our home I'm, campsite? So uh. we're like, well, we better sign up, and then. Negotiate a trade? Well, that's that's kind of like how it works for FSY. You just all sign up, and then when it's like open game, then you cancel and move. That's what I was also gathering. We had FSY registration last week, and I was like, "What is happening? This is so confusing." Oh, really? You had pre-registration. Pre-registration. Oh, okay. Which, from what I gather, you enter, you sign the consent, Okay, you put a picture of your kid in, and then you wait until January 1st, and then the game really begins. And oh. that is when you are, just like you said, that's when you're, I think yes. it's January 8th is the day, and then you're negotiating a trade. For, exactly. I want to go to this place at this date. So Okay. This is just how we operate now, because we're so big. I mean, I don't know a better way to do it. It's, I don't know a better way to do it either. It's like this giant, like I cannot imagine... Signing up that many youth yeah. for a summer program yeah. all over the world. So.
1: so are you just like so excited to plan some of the activities I'm so and do stuff? excited. I'm so excited. So how many young women in
0: your ward will be going to camp? Um, I think we have maybe 25 to 30. Oh, dang. You've got a nice group. Like um, we have- But I don't know how many of those will come because, okay. you know, some are yeah. older. But yeah, I think, yeah, 25 to 30. I think maybe- We'll get 20 or 25 yeah. of those. We'll see. Yeah. Because I think so, we only had 12 or 13. Oh, we we're so small. small right now. You have a small group. Yeah. So, well, and on that
1: same front, we, my husband and I have been asked to cook for camp again mm. this year. Oh. Well, we can exchange notes. We can exchange Not notes. Not that I'm in charge of food. <laughs> they are
0: wanting to go up to Northern Idaho and do the Hiawatha bike oh, trail for camp. You have to do that. I... Have done that once in my life, and it was one. Well, I know. I hear it. I very know. Cool. I talk about it all the time. It was one of the best experiences okay. I have ever had. Okay. Well, you'll have to talk me through. this. You will not regret it. Okay. I would if, and if we only had that many girls, like you could do that with a smaller yeah. group of girls. Yeah. that would be harder with a bigger group. Yeah. You have to do that. It's amazing. Okay, okay. Well,
1: we'll have to. We'll have to talk. We'll have to talk offline yes. about the details of all of that. <laughs> so for me tonight, I am resurrecting something from our past. I am resurrecting the Essential Mormon Cookbook. Okay. Do you remember how earlier in the year you may still have some PTSD about it? I may have some negative associations with this cookbook, which
0: was my own fault because we picked weirdo recipes. We picked
1: the weirdest recipes to cook out of this cookbook and did a Mm -hmm. whole episode on the essential Mormon cookbook okay why are you bringing this into my life again let me tell you why I'm bringing you're not
0: gonna make me cook something weird again (laughs) no (laughs) I'm not gonna
1: make you cook something weird so my ward since we got a new bishop has been Uh doing linger longers okay and so it and we've got three left this year we've got one in October (gasps) one in November one in December tell me you
0: are gonna make that freaking bread in a can for your ward at the linger longer I would love to see that or the green jello the green jello did it Okay, I'm not making the bread in the can, but I have tagged
1: one, two, three, four, five, six potential recipes to make for Linger Longer because I really can't think of anything better than cooking out of the Essential Mormon Cookbook for Linger Longer. And I do say, I think I have to do a jello.
0: I, I yes. think that I cannot not do a jello. You have to do that so, green jello with pineapple that I made for my children. So, yes. And I they have immediately rejected. I have tagged the, let's see, I have tagged Utah's famous green
1: jello, the one with the pineapple. Yes, that's the one I did. I have tagged that Zero one. Zero stars for my children. I have tagged Rocky Mountain cookies. Okay. That one ha- looks like it could be good. That looks normal i have tagged the strawberry lemonade salad which is also made with gelatin oh <laughs> i have tagged peanut butter bars i thought the okay. peanut butter bars they had graham crackers and peanut butter oh, that, yeah. that 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 showed promise those look safe and i tagged hello dolly bars okay. because they had pecans and coconut and sweet and condensed milk and i tagged uh chocolate caramel bars for the bishops why are they for the bishop? I have no idea why they're for the bishop. <laughs> but I think for sure, so my linger longer is not this Sunday, it's the Sunday after. I think for sure I'm going to do the lime jello that you made for your children that they hated.
0: And that is going to be my contribution to Linger Longer. You're gonna need to take some pictures. Oh, and for sure. Them on our Instagram. For sure. Which I need to get up and running again. So
1: I will return and report on yeah. how the green jello went over. Uh, out of the essential Mormon cookbook because I'm like, well, if I see and part of it is the Relief Society is in charge of food for the linker longer. I mean, everybody's bringing something and we sign up, but I just thought, well, I'm going to make this fun for me. I'm going to use the essential Mormon cookbook.
0: Okay. I'm yeah. on board. Although I'm a little disappointed, you're not going to make them that bread in a can. Well, the problem is, is the bread in <laughs> the, I, I, we, how can I feed that many people? I can't feed that many people with the bread in the can. Double the recipe and make a lot of cans. <laughs> I've got cans in my recycling if you wanna. Oh, that's true, you do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll get brave for November. We'll have to see. That would be kind of I would funny. love to see what people in your ward do. Nobody's gonna touch it, you know that. <laughs> well, I guess it'll I guess it'll
1: depend on how desperate they are. How hungry are you after church that you will eat the bread in the can. You
0: might just convince me for November to you do the bread to in the do can. It. Okay, everybody is just going to be like, who made this? (laughs) They're going to go,
1: Tiffany made this? And they will have big question marks because I have shown up the last two months with. Uh, six dozen of my famous rolls. It's a bait and
0: switch. So it's a bait and switch. You've hooked them in, and I've now hooked you're going to now you're going to bring them the bread and a can. Exactly, and they're just not going exactly. to <laughs> know <make. laughs> so. exactly. Okay, before we get
1: to our news tonight, I have to make a couple of corrections. Oh, okay, corrections. So last time we podcasted, and we mm-hmm. did Ballard, Ballard, and more Ballard. Uh, At the Mm -hmm. end of that podcast, I think when we were talking about Mormons behaving badly, I talked about Ruby Frankie, and I talked about Mm -hmm. some of the new things that had come out in the probable cause affidavit, and Richie Stedman from the cultural hall called me out because I said that the children were emancipated. I know that the children were not emancipated, they were emaciated, but I had just been discussing Tim Ballard for 45 minutes, which killed every brain cell I had. So while I thought that I was saying emaciated, I said emancipated. So Richie, I just want you to know, I do know the difference between the two and thank you for the correction and giving me an opportunity to set the record straight. So- Maybe I need to do a collab with Richie sometime.
0: Oh, that'd be fun. It would
1: be kind of fun. Maybe I could get him on Taffy, Tiffany and Friends. <laughs> you should try it. And then also when I did the um, general conference recap, I said the Peter Huntsman tithing lawsuit. Mm. It's actually James. Peter's a really good, member in, in, it's good a member in good standing. I don't believe he has tithing beef with the church. Oh, well, you got the wrong
0: Huntsman. I got the wrong There's Huntsman. There's too many of them.
1: There is too there many There really of them.
0: are a lot of them. Yes. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, speaking of the last time we recorded, oh. which was Ballard, Ballard, and more Ballard. When was that? Three weeks ago?
0: It was three weeks ago. I- I'm afraid tonight we have to go Ballard 2.0. I know, I know. All week is leading up to this as we were like keeping our eye on the articles every time a new ballard one popped yeah. up we were like dang it we gotta so, talk about him again i know in <laughs> fact look i brought my legal pad back oh, out man. again because
1: again in the last three weeks there has been just as much information that came out in the first seven days of this story and it the floodgates just keep opening it escalated very quickly it escalated very quickly I have to say, Tim Ballard is like the jelly of the month club. He is the gift that keeps on giving in the world of news. (laughs) So, and for any of those familiar with Christmas vacation, you know what I'm referencing. (laughs) All right. So when we last left off, we podcasted on September 22nd. The, Mm -hmm. The Tim Ballard story had broken. It had been out a week. And so I'm just going to, again, kind of go through chronologically what happened because there's so, well, not what happened previously, but what happened since then, because there is so much information. So so that was a Friday that we podcasted. Right. Word on the street was by, I think, Wednesday of the following week that he had been excommunicated. So supposedly his council was held on Monday, the 25th of September, Mm -hmm. and that he received his letter on Wednesday, the 27th of September, excommunicating him. Now, the church has not confirmed this, which, you know, sometimes they confirm those excommunications, but more often than not, Mm -hmm. they don't. However, rumors were running rampant, spiraling out of control, and Ballard was radio silent. He mm-hmm. has not denied that he was excommunicated. And you may recall when the church first when the statement first came out on Vice News about what the church had said and right. Elder Ballard distancing himself, Tim was very adamant. He said, I'm a
0: member in good standing. I'm a member in good yeah. standing.
1: And so he's been silent. However, his wife Catherine issued a statement via the Spear Fund, which mm-hmm. is their new um, response to Operation Underground Railroad. It does the same thing, different name. And she said Tim and I are in touch with our local ecclesiastical leaders, and such conversations as required by the church are strictly confidential and extremely personal. We are fully complying and remaining committed to our family and faith. Mm-hmm couple of things struck me. Again, this was not a denial of the rumor. They weren't admitting it, but they weren't denying it. And what I thought was really interesting is where she said such conversations as required by the church are strictly confidential. That's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. The church will not speak about it, but if the person she who is can. being excommunicated chooses to speak publicly about it, they are mm-hmm. not prohibited by the church from speaking publicly about it. So right. that's not completely inaccurate statement, Catherine. Anyway, so that's what we heard on that front. And again, we've we've heard since then no denial of that. Mm-hmm. So on that same day, the 27th, when his letter supposedly came out, excommunicating him. Uh, the attorney representing the five women who claimed that he sexually assaulted them held a press conference on the steps of the capitol and said all sorts of things without saying much yeah she didn't really give any details she just said i represent these women mm-hmm. you know they're they're you know I believe their allegations are true you know that sort of a thing so then we go progress, then we have general conference. We get a little mm. reprieve from Tim Ballard while we have general conference. Then the Wednesday after general conference, so this is the fourth of October, Glenn Beck, who as we know was an ardent supporter right. of and he Tim Ballard
0: tweeted against the church. He tweeted first against the church and then at first. Quickly removed him.
1: Those tweets were up for two hours, but I screenshot it up. We <laughs> talked about it in the September twenty second podcast. Anyway, he gets on his podcast and he says this this was this was shocking. He says that um the the headline was he was completely duped by close friend Tim Ballard. And he begins to go through and he says, you know, when the charges initially came around, again the the vice article on the 15th of September, um Ballard told Beck, he really didn't know what the charges were or who the accusers were. Beck said that he was on the phone with Tim all the time, sometimes at three in the morning after the vice news story initially broke. Again, he was a very strong Mm -hmm. supporter of Ballard. And, um, he said just a couple weeks ago on Sunday morning, I found myself trying to talk him down, adding, if this is true, you have something to worry about. If this is not true, uh, he said, Ballard should trust in God. That's what he told Tim Ballard. Mm-hmm. And they, the article talks about they'd been friends for over a decade. Again, very close. So as this is unfolding, Glenn Beck decides, I need to know the truth of this. And, and I'm going to give Glenn Beck some props here mm-hmm. because he has blaze media. And so he decides, I am going to ask my staff to investigate these claims. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to get involved in the process. I'm too close. And so he tasks his staff with reaching out and investigating these claims. And he says, take it wherever it goes. I just want to mm-hmm. know the truth. So, The these women, several of these women who made these allegations, agreed to talk to the Blaze news staff and agreed to be recorded by the Blaze news staff. So the Blaze has recordings of these women saying what they allege that Tim Ballard did. They also had a couple of text messages and screenshots of things that Mm -hmm. allege what Tim Ballard did, and um, they took it to Glenn Beck and basically he said, I believed the women. I listened to the videos. I saw the screenshots and I believed the women. And he said he no longer Mm -hmm. believed that, um, that Tim was being truthful. So he said, the blaze had the article. We were going to run it on Monday, October Mm -hmm. 2nd, but the lawyer for the women called blaze up and said, we don't feel comfortable with you running that yet. And so they held off out of respect for these women, even though they felt like legally they could run the article. Mm -hmm. Uh, Two days later, the lawyer must have given the uh, go ahead because blaze releases the article. And this article
0: was, whoa, the the details they got in this were more than we'd ever heard to this point, which is so interesting because the first article that came out, uh, was. What's the vice, the, name? the vice, the vice article. You know, everybody was complaining. This is a liberal, yes. left-leaning. Yes, and they hate the church.
1: They hate Tim <laughs> Ballard. Obviously, they love pedophiles. Blaze is more of a conservative, right-leaning. I, I would say on the scale that you've got <laughs> vice
0: here and you've got Blaze here, they kind of evenly balance each I other out. I think so too. So, They're on opposite ends of the spectrum. So when this came out from Blaze, I was really surprised because this was before Glenn Beck had made his. Full on statement.
1: No, this it? article came out. He it made, came on after he, he, made, he his made his statement oh, okay. on his podcast on the fourth, and then he released. Blaze
0: released this article on the sixth. Oh, okay. so two days later, I got him mixed up. That's okay, but this article has like some very disturbing details. So this was all about the
1: couple's Mm -hmm. ruse. So he would get these women and he would say, Hey, look, in order to, um, get to the sexual, the, the traffickers of children, we have to, Mm -hmm. you know, have this couple's ruse and we have to pretend we are married. And, um, the, um, and so the, 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 the mission of it was that they would pretend to be Ballard's wife or girlfriend. They would accompany him on rescue men missions. And when Ballard himself posing as a sexual predator found himself in a situation which he was pressured to engage with sex with strippers or prostitutes, he could refuse on the grounds of he didn't want to upset his girlfriend. That, that was how it was supposed to work. The rules were. No kissing on the lips and no touching or exposing private parts is what the women said. But they said Ballard gradually relaxed those measures before eventually dispensing with them almost entirely. Um, There was a picture circulating around that had Tim Ballard lying on a couch in his underwear, not his garments, in his underwear, and he had tattoos all over his body. And when I first saw this picture, I was like, is this photoshopped? Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't sure if it was real. He Ballard does admit on he went on the Adam Carolla show and he did admit that the photograph was real. What he is claiming the photograph was used for was that he had a henna tattoo artist who would put tattoos all over his body. She took the photograph so she could recreate those tattoos if they met the same traffickers.
0: Right now, one of these tattoos was right above his groin. <laughs> there were definitely a couple that was like nobody would ever see that because he exactly. also had one like on his upper thigh. Yeah, I'm like unless you're wearing little shorty shorts, nobody's gonna yeah. see that. Exactly, <laughs> so. exactly. Um, so that is
1: allegedly what mm-hmm. that was all about. But the problem is, is that photograph didn't stay private, and he was allegedly sending it to some of these women, mm-hmm. and they they did not they did not like that. Uh, he would also tell these women, "We have to have chemistry because the traffickers can smell the pheromones. If they don't think we have sexual chemistry, they're going to know that this is mm-hmm. this is all a fake." Um, and then there, the these women reported to Blaze Media that they were encouraged to participate participate in a tantric massage, which is a very sexually oriented massage. Tim Ballard said, no, it's really not. It's not what you think it is, was kind of his Mm -hmm. response to that. Also, they had to do a lot of these practice ruses um, as couples before they would actually go on a mission. Before they're even gone, they're practicing, like texting each other. Exactly. 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 Mm -hmm. So um, here's one of the things in the Blaze article that they said, though these couples ruses both in the office and in the field... Ballard eventually engaged in sexual contact with some of the women and propositioned others, the women told Blaze News. As far as physical touching, he made it really clear that the only thing that was not going to be considered, if need be, during an op, was kissing on the lips. Everything else was pretty much a go, and honestly, more than just a go. It's something I should anticipate and be prepared to make happen for the sake of the act, is what he was was telling the women. Mm -hmm. Um, he also required the women to get Brazilian
0: waxes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it said that there were sexual acts. Yes. Just not penetration. Exactly. So it obviously doesn't give us details, but you can.
1: Exactly.
0: Figure that out. Um, And it was all under the guise of, mm -hmm. this is what we have to do to save the children. Right. To be emotionally close so that we can like carry on with this couple's ruse.
1: And this again is also interesting from the article. Most, if not all of the women who spoke to Blaze News have some affiliation with the LDS church at some point in their lives. And in many cases, he would cite for them a passage from the Book of Mormon in which a man kills another man at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. According to multiple women, the purpose of this reference was to demonstrate that sometimes the Holy Spirit asks people to perform unconventional tasks presumably such as engaging in extramarital sexual conduct during couples ruses.
0: It's that's so awful. He brought me so into it. so awful. Yeah. So. I mean, it's so it's, it's awful on so many levels. It's just bad, awful behavior, but then the, the manipulation and the, exactly. s- the spiritual manipulation of it and yeah. just the, like him praying on their, desire to like really help kids. Like it said also in this article that he really held that over their heads a lot exactly. too. Like if we don't do that, like this is to save the children, a child's life may depend on us being good at this act or exactly like really playing on their, um, you know, their desire to be helpful. Exactly. And well, and the other thing he did as well as he said you cannot tell
1: your husband, you cannot tell anybody because we these are undercover ops. We don't want what we do getting around that could affect, you know, future missions, etc. So they were kind of really sworn to secrecy and they would have burner phones and he would make sure that the burner phones were erased and text messages were erased. So it was really leave no trace behind and he also said to them you know, look, this is kind of mutually assured destruction. I got a lot of crap mm-hmm. on you. You got a lot of crap on me. We could both ruin each other's lives. So let's make sure we don't do that. Again, another emotional manipulation tactic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they really did believe that that Ballard would destroy their lives. And so the Blaze did ask Tim Ballard for a statement, and he did release a statement to the Blaze, uh, which basically says, you know, As with all the assaults on my character Mm -hmm. and integrity over many years, the latest tab droid driven sexual assaults are false. And he goes on to denounce these. But again, very interesting that, you know, Glenn Beck Mm -hmm. looked at everything and went, well, I kind of believe it's true. Yeah. So anyway, then then we're on to the 9th of October because we're not done after Mm -hmm. the Blaze article. On the 9th of October, the first lawsuit was filed against Tim Ballard, and there were five victims that were named in that lawsuit. They were only named by their initials because the law allows that. Mm -hmm. And um, the lawsuit uh, not only provided all sorts of details, it also referenced Sean Reyes, who is the attorney general for the state of Utah, And uh, he denied uh, any knowledge of complaints. The lawsuit said that multiple complaints were made to the attorney general's Mm -hmm. office uh, regarding Tim Ballard and his conduct. And Sean Reyes said the attorney general's office did not receive any criminal complaints or requests for investigation regarding OUR or Tim Ballard as alleged in the
0: complaints. Okay, so here's my question because you are under the attorney general umbrella. Yes. When a complaint is filed, is there a record? Like, is there paperwork? There should be. Could someone look into this? There should be unless, unless somebody destroys it. Yeah. I I was going to say, I, you know, Uh I cannot
1: speak for the state of Utah and Mm -hmm. how they do their records. I am only an attorney general here in the state of Idaho and when when a complaint is made to the attorney general's office there is a record of it and it does become a public record that is searchable yeah. Um so theoretically that is something right. that could be searched because this guy they kept the record This guy Reyes is friends with him, correct? Well, he was friends with him. Was. He was going to endorse him should he run for Senate, but he backtracked on that mm-hmm. in the last 3 weeks and said, "Yeah, I'm not going to endorse anybody right now." So he, Sean Reyes has made a very decided uh step away from Tim Ballard. Right? Um, the other thing about the lawsuit, well, let me, let me finish the timeline and then I'll Mm -hmm. say something else about the lawsuit. So the next day, so this lawsuit is filed on the 9th of October, the 10th of October was allegedly the day that Tim Ballard (laughs) was going to make his Senate announcement. We did not have any Senate announcement that day. He was, he, he was silent, no announcement. Then on the 11th of October, so that was Wednesday this week, a second lawsuit was filed This lawsuit involved a married couple, uh, where she had gone as part of his partner for the couple's ruse and it literally destroyed their marriage. Mm -hmm. And so this one was filed on behalf of a married couple. So both of these lawsuits, they have all of the, you know, the legal jargon in the lawsuit. And then they had statements from the victims attached. So there's a total of seven different victims between the two lawsuits, I read three of the victim statements. I did not read all seven because just reading three, I could not stomach any more. And I read these because some of the allegations I was hearing were just so salacious. I thought, I don't even, that's that's pretty wild stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of the allegations were that he was, when they were doing the practicing for this Mm -hmm. couple's ruse, that that was taking place at strip clubs in Salt Lake and that he was going to strip clubs in Salt Lake to get them used to that environment, that alcohol was being consumed in those strip clubs. There was one allegation that his son, his returned missionary son was in the strip club with him, that he had told the women, hey, you're going to have to drink, but you don't swallow. Just come give me a kiss and pass the alcohol to me and I'll take care of it for you. I mean, it was just crazy. Mm -hmm. And also that he had used a lot of escorts. And so what they would do is they would fly everywhere, both in the country and out of the country, meet up with these escorts. And he said, oh, we have to meet up with the escorts because they know where the trafficked kids are. And that's where we get the information is from the escorts. So that's why we have to look like we're into having sex with the escorts. And lots and lots of detail about those events in, in these statements. And, and like I said, I, I, could, I, I consider myself to have a pretty strong stomach. Mm-hmm. I was a prosecutor for nine years. I've seen a lot of stuff. And three of these statements was enough for me to go, I'm done. I'm not reading anymore. And honestly, I believed them. Again, because of the detail and so much of what they're saying can be cooperated by where they were, mm-hmm. the people that were with them. This wasn't just them and Tim one-on-one mm-hmm. where it was a he said, she said. And so when I read the statements, I believed them. And it is... Yikes. It, I We are linking the statements in the show notes. <laughs> Anybody who really wants to read them can go and read them, but read, I read or beware. Reader beware. Mm-hmm. I've given you the Reader's Digest version of the
0: statements. Okay.
1: So that is wild. Anyway, so then, <laughs> now we are to um, a very interesting article by the Salt Lake Tribune that came out. There is still a lot of cognitive dissonance around Tim Ballard. There are still a lot of people that are defending him on the internet. Uh, who are saying, I'm going to wait till all the Mm -hmm. evidence comes out. And I'm like, well, all the evidence has come out. You just don't like the evidence and waiting isn't going to change the evidence. It Mm -hmm. usually doesn't. So, and granted, we haven't heard Mr. Ballard's side of this, but again, based on my personal experience, uh, being a prosecutor and reading things and looking at legal documents, I, I, I think it's gonna be hard pressed to present a
0: defense that's gonna be reasonable. I think here. it's gonna be rough. I think if it if it's one person, you can claim yeah. that they're like bitter about yeah. something yeah. or seeking revenge. But when it's this many people, there's just no way. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, there's not this many people that are willing yeah. to ruin their lives yeah. to take you down. <laughs> so
1: literally all of this has happened in 30 days mm. because the vice article broke on September 15th. We are at October 13th. Mm-hmm. So essentially 28 days later. And and I have to say, I, Tim Ballard has never passed the smell test for me. Mm. Uh, I, I remember seeing a lot about him during COVID. Uh, we had a lot of protests for black lives matter and kind of the anti black lives matter was, uh, uh, Save the children, and there were a lot of O U R protests where people were picketing and protesting about about uh, sex trafficking, saying mm-hmm. basically, kind of, almost in an in your face to the Save the Black Lives Matter people, saying this is so much worse than Save you know the Black Lives Matter. This is mm-hmm. sex trafficking. Right. The whole thing just didn't didn't pass the smell test with me, and and I I've been. Up to this point, I think relatively quiet on Twim about my personal opinion on this. I let a little slip when I when I talked about the movie and said, "Yeah, some of their claims about the movie maybe not so true." And then a little last time, but I, I think it's pretty clear right. now that uh, this 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 was a house of cards that has yeah. now fallen. Yeah, it is wild. It's so wild, and like I said, still so divisive. Right.
0: Um, well, and the the Tribune article is so interesting on the cognitive dissonance. I was telling you before the show, I'm like, uh-huh. I, I feel like they. I can't remember if it was them or a different blog, but I feel like it was the Tribune. I feel like it was too. wrote the exact same article on this during COVID when yeah. when remember when the church leaders came out and got vaccinated, and there were a lot of conspiracy theory, really far right people that were really struggling. Like yeah, and then you know people on the Far left, who were like, "Oh, welcome to how we felt during <laughs> during Prop Eight in California." Exactly. Now it's your turn. Exactly. So I, th- I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this article is. We've seen this like a couple of years ago. Um, we it's really just have. so interesting to see um, both sides of the spectrum yes. on this as it relates to the church."
1: Um, well, and the Tribune article starts out by referencing a YouTube video, and I've tried to find this. Well, I thought they were on TikTok. So I tried to find them on TikTok and Mm -hmm. they weren't on TikTok, but they are a mother and daughter, Kathleen and Jane, who introduce themselves and they look like your typical active LDS Mm -hmm. members. And they say that they are active LDS members and they go on to talk about the leadership in the church and they accuse the leadership of the church of not just being corrupt, but evil. And we mean evil. And again, all of this is over the whole Tim Ballard thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's it's crazy. Apparently they've gotten 20,000 views on on YouTube. Um, like I said, I just, it's, and I saw a brief clip of them. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it they look so like you'd meet them at a Relief Society thing. And yet they're spilling forth yes. that church leadership. Right.
0: Is is evil. It's, it's so hard. And one of the quotes that they quote from these women is um, because the church has not been vocal about sex trafficking, they must be guilty of it. Yes. And again, this is like the mentality that just drives me insane about yes. some of these OUR followers. It's like if you're not with us, you're against us. Well exactly. You you can be both. You can you c- exactly. you can hate child sex trafficking and not support this particular organization exactly, and it was to
1: the point where uh-huh. if you spoke out against Tim Ballard before all of this broke, it was like you were speaking out against the prophet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how they would come down on you, and and still to a certain
0: extent they do. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, nobody likes sex trafficking. I, I especially I don't like sex trafficking. <laughs> the church does not no. either. Like, I just can't believe these claims of these women. Yeah, they must be for it because yeah. they're not speaking well. Yes, I believe that they have said enough in conference that if you're listening, you can gather they are very much against sex trafficking and exactly. any form of sexual abuse. <laughs> any form of abuse whatsoever.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> so.
1: All right. So that's enough, Tim Ballard. I am really hoping that the legs on this story start getting broken because this they say in media, you know, a story right. has legs and gains momentum. <laughs> I'm hoping that we we have
0: we're kind of over the hill on this because honestly Tim Ballard is exhausting me. I know, I know. I can't imagine much more. I mean, he's not going to run for no, senate. It doesn't appear that way, thankfully. So now we just have to ride it out and wait till these lawsuits are over. We have to over. see how the lawsuits play I out. I think if he's smart, he'll be laying low for a while.
1: Uh, well, he has been. We haven't heard much from him in the last little while. So, oh my goodness. Okay, all right. Well, let's 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 talk yes. about something else. Let's cleanse ourselves of yes, the negative do. energy of Tim Ballard. Let's do. It. We're
0: going to move on to on a more positive note. This I'm, is this is breaking breaking news. Just came out today. Um, the Southern. Virginia University has just named Bonnie H. Corden as its new president. So this is exciting. This Um, is very exciting. We know she just got released from her years of service for the church in general presidencies. Um, She had done seven years um, between Young Women's and... Was she in Relief Society before? I I always forget. I think she... I think she was was. either primary or release day, but she had done seven years total. Um, and so they have, um, hit her up to be their new president, which if you know, Southern Virginia university, they are church aligned, but not church affiliated. They are a private nonprofit institution, not sponsored by or endorsed by the church, but they, you know, recognize that they are aligned, with the principles and values of the church. Um, so, a lot of church members go there. She was the recently released young
1: general, one, yes. young women's young, president. Yeah. That's what she was. Young
0: women's was her last one. Was but, her last but one. But before that, she I was think, in a different presidency. I think she was, yeah. Um, so, anyways, they have hit her up. I think, like, they. Hit on this press release. They listed all of her amazing work that she's done for yes. the church and um, working with the youth. It said she, you know, she has focused on analyzing policy and procedure to better meet the growing needs of today's rising generation. I just think she does have just so much experience that will fit very well into this new position. It's, so it's great. I'm very, very excited for her love and for them. Yes. Okay. What's next?
1: Okay. Well, again, kind of a sad story. We we need to talk about the Jerusalem Center. Oh, so as you know, there is fighting over in the Gaza Strip. At, Israel is a very um, has always been mm-hmm. very. A contentious place. And so the war began last Saturday. And so when that began, um, the Jerusalem Center every day would put updates on right. their site. And basically, what they did is they had had the student shelter in place uh, once the war began last Saturday. Uh, so field trips were canceled, they moved to the center shelters. After at least one of the sirens sounded in Jerusalem. And so just today, they decided that they, the church decided that they are going to evacuate the Jerusalem Center and they are moving everybody in the Jerusalem Center, which is students, faculty, service missionaries. Everybody is going to Greece and they are going to finish the semester in Greece. I believe, if I recall correctly,
0: there's about 95 students that are there. So Mm -hmm. I think. I thought that was interesting. I thought, oh, that's really lucky. I thought they'd probably just send them all home yeah but yeah they get to go to greece at least they get
1: to go to greece Mm -hmm. and finish out their semester obviously it's undetermined how long the jerusalem center will be closed there have definitely been periods of time where the jerusalem
0: center has been closed when i was at byu they closed it up um and i remember i had many friends that were so sad yeah it was closed i think from they said 2000 to 2007 yes so a big chunk of time and i remember i had it A lot of friends that were like, oh, I wanted to go somewhere. I know. Well, the country
1: was just so destabilized at that point in time, and they don't want to put students at risk if they don't have to. Also, yesterday, the first presidency Mm -hmm. issued a statement uh, on the violence in the Middle East, and they said... We are devastated by the recent eruption of violence and the loss of life in the Middle East. Violence of this nature is abhorrent to us and not in harmony with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is a gospel of peace. At such times, our hearts ache for all the victims of this atrocity, they said. "Yeah." And I just want to say ditto. I completely so and sad. wholeheartedly agree with what the first presidency had
0: to say about this situation. I it's, do. it's awful to watch. Tragic. I just feel, I just, yeah, think about those mothers, and it's just uh, awful. It's hard. It's awful. Yep. I hope there's a resolution. I don't. But at least, be where you got their kids out. Yes, so. that is good. Move them out quickly. All right. Staying okay. on Old Testament themes. Oh boy. <laughs> Tiffany laughs because I was like, oh, "Okay, I'll take this one." Uh, <laughs> the Utah area had a tabernacle experience. <laughs> Well, you now, have to. You have to take this one. Remind our listeners why this, why the tabernacle experience means so much to your little hearts. <laughs> if you have listened to us for a while, you might recall that the the so this is a full sized replica of the Old Testament tabernacle. It has been traveling around the Utah area for the past year and a half, and the project is ending. This week, yes. on October 12th, after visiting various sites in Utah. Yes. This is near and dear to my heart because this whole tabernacle shenanigans started in my steak. Because <laughs> your steak is extra. My <laughs> steak is extra. So in 2015, our steak young men's president, who then became our steak president after that. Who is now a mission president in Colorado <laughs> Springs. He um, built a life-size tabernacle for youth. I think it was for the young men. Yeah, it was for the young um, men to learn about the at, ironic Priesthood. At camp that year. So they built this life-size tabernacle. It was this huge thing. Anyway, our stake ended up bringing back the life-size tabernacle, I think, two times after that. Yes. Because um, they opened it up to the community. Right. First, The first time it was just for the young men, and then they ended up bringing it back and opening it up to the community. And it was, like, quite the thing.
1: <laughs> That's all. It was. <laughs> Well, (laughs) what I found was really interesting is this tabernacle in Utah, Um, it was patterned after the Meridian one, but it wasn't the Meridian one. No,
0: this is one that they borrowed from Orange County. Well- they borrowed it initially. They borrowed it, and then, and then they made their they own. They made their own, and I think they made a couple of them to make the rounds around Utah. But did you see that Orange County purchased 20 acres to keep their tabernacle on? I saw that. I was like, okay,
1: maybe my steak isn't the
0: only extra I, one. I think
1: your steak maybe is only a little extra.
0: <laughs> I think the Orange County steak might be a bunch extra. I, I think they are because... It's- I don't know if you remember this, but the last time my stake did the tabernacle, instead of using our own, which we built, they borrowed the Orange Counties. Oh, why well, did didn't know. I, I didn't realize they borrowed Orange Counties. I don't know why, but- the word on the street was, oh, this one isn't ours this year. This is the one from Orange County. Well, Andrew the Barrow. Orange County must have seen the Meridian
1: Stakes Tabernacle and say, we'll see your tabernacle. They must we'll raise you one. Up upped it a level. And upped at a level. <laughs> so. Well, uh, if you're going to put it on 20 acres, 20 acres in Orange County, California. I'm sorry. That sounds like a lot of cash. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: So anyway, this one has been traveling around Utah for the past year or so. Um, and it says over 500 and twelve people estimated are estimated to have toured five hundred and twelve thousand. Five hundred and twelve thousand. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Again, Tim Ballard's frying our brain. I know. No. Have toured this over the past several months. So anyway, Hi. I know some people love the tabernacle. They're into it. It just it's it's, it's fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> it,
1: it, it wasn't a be all to end all bucket list experience. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs>
0: Okay. For, for, for many, it was. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Elder Holland did a lovely social media post this week. We got to see a social media post of him. He was sitting obviously at his house, kind of in a lazy boy sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And he had two adorable oh. little great grandchildren on his this lap. This
0: picture was so cute. It
1: It, it just warmed your heart mm-hmm. to see him. And, he he wrote, he said, Most of you will know that my wife Pat my wife my wife Pat passed away last July with complications from COVID and other respiratory problems. I am brokenhearted and lonely, but that is the price we pay for love mm-hmm. in the world. I look forward to rejoining her. And then he talks about his granddaughters and talks about the cycle of life with birth mm-hmm. and with death and um the plan of salvation and that he wants to continue to live worthily so that he can see Pat again and be
0: with her. And it was so sweet. It was really sweet. And it was great to just have a tiny little message a from snippet. him because we didn't get him at conference. Exactly. We didn't get a video of him at exactly. conference exactly. <laughs> so and like I said, <laughs> these little granddaughters looked like they were maybe 5, 6 months oh, old. They were so cute. They were so cute. So cute. We love to hear from him. I'm glad. Yes. Glad he's on the mend, hopefully. Hopefully. Yes. Um okay. Uh this next story is just fun. We had to throw it in because it was Just really fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So this was an LDS Living Story by Ellie Smith, and it was um, about the the behind-the-scenes of the conference center floral arrangements. Mm. This is totally my kind of story. Oh, this, this is my kind of me. story too. Because I don't know if everybody pays attention, but I pay attention every oh, yeah. single year. I'm like, oh, what's back there this year? And sometimes they look good. And Do you
1: remember the time where it looked like it was a vegetable garden yes, behind them?
0: Yes, <laughs> it did. So You wanted to munch on yes. the veggies. And I loved it this last time there were those roses. Yes. They talked about that in this article. Okay. So uh, they have their own floral department. The church, I don't know. Isn't it based at BYU? Well, that's what I was trying to figure out. Okay, They had a video, and it's a cute little video. Yes, watch the video. If you're interested in this, get on the LDS Living site, watch the video. They showed a video of these florists, and they said it was the church floral department. Um, But in the video, they said they not only do flowers for the tabernacle or or the conference center, but they also said they do a lot around campus and all of the Christmas trees on campus. So I kind of got the impression that maybe they were based out of BYU. Yeah. Um, But it was a really cute video. Um, Basically, basically they said they have pretty much creative freedom to do what they want. And they always have like, one or t- like several events a week to do floral arrangements. Well, they do for. floral
1: arrangements every week for music in the yeah, spoken word. Yeah, they do it for
0: music in the spoken word. And then they said there are banquets and other things. Like once a month, there's a big banquet with all of the 12, like general the wives of the general wives. And, authorities. Authorities. and um, they said, I thought this was really interesting too, that they reuse a lot of the flowers. So after conference, if those flowers are in good shape, they'll pull them and they'll rearrange them in new arrangements for whatever, you know, banquets or things. And that they have that week. They do that with the ones after music and the spoken word. Yes. So So, good stewards of their, of their flowers. I appreciate that. I do too. um, Anyway, it was cute. They said the feelings can really make a difference. Oh, they said they can really make a difference for uh, people watching conference. And they quoted, um, I don't know, this woman, Ashley Humphreys, that said that she loves sunrise roses. They have like a special meaning for her. And she saw them behind the pulpit at this last general conference and immediately felt the spirit like it was a little, you know, tender mercy from Heavenly Father and gave her a great conference experience. So anyway, I just thought it was so interesting. I kind of wanted more. It was a cute little snippet, but I was like, it wasn't enough. I would like a day in the life. Uh, Yeah. Or a week. A snapshot of a week. Let's let's see it all. I want to see where these arrangements go. I want to see like who gets
1: to pick them out. Like, you know what I think? I think this is a perfect story for Hannah Syriac. Oh. This is right up Hannah's yes. lane. Yes. I think I may have to email Hannah and say, Hannah, I want
0: you to follow up on this LDS
1: Living article yes. and give
0: me more on the flowers. Tell Hannah we want more. We want to know who's in charge, how they make the decisions. Um how many hours a week they work where they're based out of like all the things maybe maybe they let hannah show up and like arrange
1: flowers with them
0: <gasps> <gasps> okay they show up and arrange flowers. <laughs> this
1: is like I, I mean can i have this for a calling like i would love this as a, for a I calling
0: know. this would be so fun a service missionary <gasps> <gasps> when you're a service missionary when you're elderly flowers. and you go on a mission tell your husband we're going on a mission to utah to do flowers <laughs> Well, can you put that on the form? I would like to be the person that does the conference flowers. Maybe I can be the person that does the conference flowers and they can give him like some mechanical construction fix it thing. Oh, yeah. He can fix the pipes. Exactly. <laughs> Tinker around the conference center with exactly. all those things. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, I think that would be like a really great service, Richard. He's so fun. Oh. You know, I did take floral arranging at BYU there you go because you know I, I i needed a couple of credits and i had fresh flowers in my in my apartment every week oh, i should have done that class. and i know how to make a corsage and boutonniere i could do all of that i, I did the flowers for my daughter's wedding. wedding so there you go anyway all right uh last news story before we move on to mormons behaving badly Tabernacle Choir. They announced their guest artists for the 2023 Christmas concert. And their guest artists are a gentleman. He's a Broadway star named Michael, uh, Molly, uncle, Uh, uncle. I think that's, they, they showed us how to phonetically pronounce it. Molly, uncle, Molly, uncle, which I really appreciated. And then the British actor, Leslie Nicole. Now you may remember her. She was, um, Mrs. Pat Moore, the cook on oh, Downton Abbey. I love her. She's actually going to be the narrator. She's well, you have to have a narrator with a yeah. British accent. Exactly. That makes it so much better. It just ups your, conf- mm-hmm. your your concert that much. Yeah, definitely. So she's going to be the narrator. He's going to be the singer. Uh,
0: and he's a Broadway in. guy. And he's right? a Broadway guy. Which
1: show is he in? Did it say? Um, it says he is currently in... Where is it here? Um...
0: Brightest Lights,
1: yes, whatever that is, oh. never heard of that one. But he has previously mm-hmm. um, done Phantom of the Opera, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Sunset Boulevard, oh Aladdin, Aladdin, he's in Aladdin, yes. Yeah. So, um, oh, in fact, that's what he's currently starring in right now—the title role in Disney's, Disney's Aladdin mm-hmm. on Broadway. Okay, so that's what he's starring in right now what was really interesting is both of them did a news conference and talked about being asked to be with the choir. And so he said that his family has been fans of the choir, Chris choirs, Christmas concert for years. He grew up watching them on Christmas mornings with his family. Uh, He's excited to sing some of the music that he loves. Um, Leslie Nickel said she's still getting over the shock of being invited to perform. She said it came out of nowhere, but I thought this was really fun. She said when she was telling her family about the opportunity, she found out that her brother in South Carolina had been trying for several years to get tickets to the Tabernacle Choir's Christmas concert. And so <laughs> he said, I have a sister with the most brownie points. Oh, that's so fun. So I bet he gets his tickets this year. <laughs> so awesome. speaking of tickets, for those of you wanting to... To know how to get tickets. Yes. We have discussed that if you go to the orchestra at Temple Square's concert, they will give you tickets at the end. That concert is completely booked out and sold out, so to speak. Too late for that. Too late for that. However, What you do this year is it's going to be a random selection process. So the registration opens on Tuesday, October twenty fourth at noon, and it runs through Friday, November third. So you get on and register, and you can say, "I want up to four tickets." Okay. Okay. And so it's not a first come, first serve. Get in the queue. This is like a a lottery situation. This is a lottery. You got to register, and then if your name gets picked out of the lottery, you get your four tickets. Okay. So. I think that's a super fair way to do it. I, I like, like that. I like yeah. that better than getting in the queue because it was so obnoxious and hard to get in the queue. It's like a Taylor Swift situation. It really is like a Taylor <laughs> Swift situation. So, I like, I like the this. lottery.
0: Yes. So, are you are you going to throw your ha- name in the lottery? I might throw my name in, but you know what I'm really like gunning for that I've been trying to get myself to for the past like 5 years, the Lower Lights Christmas concert. <gasps> They do it every year at the University of Utah. If you listened, you know that we adore the Lower Lights, um, and I have wanted to go to their Christmas concert forever, and it never works out because we always have like a People, dance recital or something. And I they just announced the dates on their concert, and I was like, "Is it the same week?" Wouldn't it be amazing to do a header I would love to do a doubleheader. And I them would both on the totally same weekend go
1: to the Lower Lights with you because I I love Lower Lights.
0: I cannot remember if The Lower Lights is on December 8th or December 15th, but it's one of those weekends. Okay.
1: Well, I'm out on the 8th because that's my ward Christmas party, so I can't can't go with you then. But if it's the following weekend, maybe we do a sister's trip. That could be fun. That could be fun. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to Mormons behaving badly. Okay. As
0: if we haven't had enough this episode. There's more. Well, this one isn't that bad. This, this one is actually a good one. I
1: saved the bad one for the Patreon content. For those of you who are Patreon subscribers, we're going to do a little Patreon content afterwards with a story
0: and another Mormon behaving badly. This one's pretty good because it's funny. It is kind of funny. I like it when they're kind of funny. Like, they're really obscure crimes. Like, nothing that's actually going to physically hurt someone. So, Ryan and Tiffany.
1: The McLeans. He's 47. She's 41 they decided to get entrepreneurial and that they would order DVDs from China. And then they would take their China DVDs and they would turn around and sell them on eBay. (laughs) Now, that's okay if your China DVDs aren't pirated, except the China DVDs were pirated. Right. And so there was an investigation by the Utah Attorney General, and they got charged with uh, felony charges, they sold 1.5 million dollars in bootlegged
0: DVDs. This is my biggest question of this whole story: How in the world, in the year 2023, are you selling 1.3 million in DVDs? Yeah. Where is the market for that? When is the last time you bought an actual DVD? I don't know, right? Exactly. Who is buying these? I stream everything. <laughs> Who is buying these? I. It. Uh, yeah. I. I'm- People in country with. Countries with bad internet? I, no Wi-Fi? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Or maybe
1: they're like, "Oh, hey, look, I could stream it for $3, but I can order it on eBay for $3 and then
0: I can have it and watch it whenever I want. But... I don't know. Again, that's a lot of effort to put the DVD in the player. It's a mystery. I just want to know, like, how how is this happening?
1: <laughs> I Your guess isn't as good as mine, but they made <laughs> $1.5 doing it, so somebody somewhere is buying some uh, bootleg DVDs. <laughs>
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: All right. Well, shall we move on to... Now, normally we call this segment Favorite yes. Things, but last time we recorded, we introduced kind of a twist on it of this could be our favorite thing. Yes. And so what we were going to do is we are going to try some new products. Tiffany Live
0: on the air with wanted you. Wanted to do a taste test. So to decide. I had to find something new. I thought I found something new, but apparently Tiffany has tried this before. It's Hostess Cupcakes, but orange flavored. Yes. I thought it was new. So you so not. you do yours first and then I'll do mine. Tiffany tried it. I hope okay, you tried these before. You tell them what yours is while I
1: okay, tried it. Mine is the Kit Kat in the birthday cake flavor. Okay. Okay, so you you've tasted the
0: hostess. The orange hostess cup- orange cupcake. It's okay, just a vanilla cupcake. Give me a bite of that. With orange frosting. Definitely orange flavor. I like it. I like, yeah. I've I love, I them. love an orange flavor. So I like it. Yeah. Two thumbs up for me. Kit Kat birthday cake. I okay. don't know about this. Birthday cake flavoring can be very questionable
1: for well, me. Well, and that's why I got it because this could be really good or this could be really bad. Okay. Cleanse your palate with your mm. drink before we, before okay. we get all the orange out. I,
0: I really do like the orange cupcake. It, I would. It, it has a good flavor. I would buy that again. Okay. All right, so we're opening up the Kit Kat here.
1: I think when we record next month, we've got to go find some pumpkin spice stuff. Ugh, I don't like
0: pumpkin spice much. Okay. <laughs> um, No, not for me. <laughs> what do you think? It's okay. I mean, it's fine. I'm not gagging, but... You know what it is? It's the white chocolate. I'm just not a white chocolate I'm person. I'm not a white chocolate person either. It tastes white chocolate always tastes so waxy to me. Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes the birthday cake flavoring can have an odd like aftertaste com- chemical, chemical aftertaste and it yeah. feels a little bit like that. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not sure I'd rebuy this. One star. <laughs> yeah. One star, but I, I will give, I will give five stars to the orange cupcakes. I do like the orange cupcakes. I
0: like the orange cupcakes. Those are, it's a good flavor. Those are delightful.
1: All right. Well, uh, Twim Nation, thank you. I think that about wraps things up for us tonight. We appreciate you joining us. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out at contact at thisweekinmormons.com. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Ariana's promised she's going to revive the Twim Sisters Instagram. I am past due on some of our favorites. You are way past then due I need on to some put of up our there, favorites. And I need to get you hooked back up
0: so you, you can do. post. Because she's a better poster than me.
1: I, I, yeah. <laughs> and and I used to have access to it. then I got a new phone. And I'm not really sure what we'll, happened. We'll get her hooked back we'll up. We'll get her hooked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thank you very much. Please uh, feel free to, uh, if you want to throw a few bucks a month our way for some extra content on Patreon, we would appreciate that. And we are going to uh, now record a couple of uh, extra things for our Patreon subscribers. So, all
0: right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.